culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. Snag some fizzy housewives-inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. I designed it with some of our favorite, most iconic housewives moments in mind. So there are five fun designs from Potomac, New York, New Jersey, Atlanta, and Beverly Hills. My personal favorite has been I Stole Kim's Goddamn House. But today I'm uh, sipping on some I'm Ready to Mention It All, inspired by Bethany and Ramona from Real Housewives of New York. Be sure to grab some of the Drag Me cans. Those are inspired by Potomac. The finale is coming up, the reunion's coming up, and those are limited editions. So as soon as those sell out, They're almost sold out, so please help me sell out so I can make that announcement and not feel like a total business failure in my life. Thank you guys so much for supporting the wine. You can order it at nofilterwine.com. Go to nofilterwine.com. Today's guest is here to spill some major legal tea from Lisa Rinna's copyright lawsuit to the latest filings against Erica Jane. She's got a pop in TikTok, and she's here to pop off with me. Please welcome Heather the Lawyer. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So excited to chat with you. I love your TikToks. I started watching them like a few weeks ago before we even connected. And I remember putting in my head under all of the bleach being like, I need to like make a mental note of having Heather on the show because she has such good hot takes that she gives, not just within the Bravo world, but just within the pop culture world. You've talked to Brittany, like, yeah, everything that everybody has questions about. You're one of the people on TikTok that's just answering, like breaking it down in layman terms for us to understand it's literally all i do on tiktok i just sit at my desk where i do my work and i'm like oh you have a question great let me answer it have there been like what's the reaction been from people like because i know for me and i i can take the heat because i'm not a real lawyer which is why i joke that i'm like Elle woods meets kim kardashian without the law degree um 
do people like come at you for like not knowing what you're talking about or being like, you don't know, Erica Jane's guilty. I watched Beverly Hills for six years and you don't know anything, Heather, <sighs> even though you're a lawyer and I live in my mom's basement. So much so. So my cat's playing with a toy over here. But uh, yeah, the first, I got a couple of requests to talk about the Erica Jane, Erica Girardi stuff when I was on vacation, ironically, in LA. And so I made a couple of videos. I just come back to the hotel room from the gym and was like, I mean, I guess I can talk about it. And I mean, the comments went wild. A lot of people were like, do you even know her? And why, why would you talk about her? And I'm like, I could have sworn she was on a reality TV show. And like the premise was to talk Hot. about her. I feel like, it, I feel like that was known, but um, I will say that is the most, like hot and cold group that I have found on my TikTok is like she needs to rot in jail, even though there's no pending criminal charges mm-hmm. or she is like, we have to, you know, presume she's innocent again, even though criminal charges aren't pending. Right. Um, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and repeat that for the bitches in the back. Criminal charges aren't pending. They're not even, there's nothing even in motion against her criminally. No. So like jail time isn't even on the table for anything that's being discussed right now for Erica Jane. There's a federal investigation for Tom Girardi, but it's so far removed. And just a quick note. So I practice personal injury law in California. And I would, when I started talking about this randomly, when I go on live, um, because I, that's the same type of flaw that Tom Girardi practiced. Right. So I randomly, as my husband would walk by, say, Hey, do you know how much money I have in my uh, client trust account? No, I have no idea. I'm like, that theoretically should have been the the difference between Tom Girardi and Erica Girardi. Which is so wild to me. But it's funny because it's like, you have personal experience with it. I'm, you know, Googling all of this and researching all of it and talking to a bunch of different legal analysts and commentators and lawyers trying to make sense of it all. And from what I found, it's not like... I'm not saying she's, you know, the most moral person. I'm not saying that she's an upstanding citizen. But when it comes to the scope of the law, she isn't being charged with anything and also didn't have a fiduciary responsibility to Tom's clients, nor did she need to know what was going on within the finances of Girardi Keys. Nor should she have. Exactly. Nor should she have. Um I've also seen a lot of comments saying that this one particularly gets me. She should have known because lawyers can't possibly make that amount of money to be able to afford such a lavish lifestyle. Um, I, I hard, hard disagree. Well, you also look at these lawyers who make a lot of money. I'm not one of them, but I know them. <laughs> no, but you look at the lawsuits that he was winning and they were multi-million dollar lawsuits annually. So it wasn't hard for people. And he had so many people in his pocket that were giving him awards and buying. He was buying all these covers on magazines that to the outside public, who would have questioned that he's on the cover of magazines, he's getting awards, he knows judges, he's meeting with, you know, the governor and, you know, uh, senior politicians that like you would think, oh, he maybe he does got it like that. Right. And so one of the organizations that he's actually involved with, I'm also, I have been involved with in the past and it's consumer attorneys of California. And they, it's basically California's personal injury attorneys. There's a number of them. You're talking about 30 to 45% in attorney's fees for multi-million dollar lawsuits. And you've got how many attorneys that work within his firm? A ton. So you're dealing with that on a 
yeah, monthly, yearly basis. It's very easy to accumulate wealth. And they don't pay their bottom tier attorneys as much. So they're getting more of a percentage of those cases too, I'm sure. Right, 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 right. Um, Because for me, I'm like, I need to see them do a forensic accounting of the Girardi Keys books. I need to see, because as of right now, the general assumption is she received $25 million of stolen money, which is... Yes and no. Like when you break it all down, it's like she didn't receive the money. It was expenses paid on her behalf, bills that she was sending to her husband. He was paying for the money with Girardi Keys money. And we're now realizing that there were many clients that didn't receive or that are claiming that they didn't receive their settlements. But you also have to factor in well, what was the settlement total? What was the percentage that was owed to the client? What was the percentage that Girardi Keys was supposed to be taking? Some of these clients he was convincing to invest their money on their behalf. That, that is where I think the the jump for like duties way I would never do yeah. that with my clients. That's yeah. a huge that red flag to me. But to your point, with regard to the the payment, if Eric is just sending her bills to Girardi and Keys, does the American Express bill just gets automatically sent to Girardi and Keys because that's where their accountant is and their accountant does their personal and business finances. It's a very easy leap to make then that that accountant goes well, Girardi and Keys has the money and I'm going to put it as a loan on Girardi and Keys books. Theoretically, my personal gut tells me likely for tax income purposes, yeah. Yeah. because if it's a loan, you're not taking it as income, you're not paying taxes on it. Um, and Erica would have never known. That doesn't mean that she didn't benefit from it. Right. And what I like to remind my followers is legality is not always morality. Those two are not the same thing. What's right isn't always what's legal. What's legal right. isn't always what's right. And not only that, but things like this, I don't think people realize how common it is to cheat on your taxes with the books like this, you know? Or use very, um, use well uh, intentioned for the purpose, for the person who's using them, right? The tax laws are what they are for elite, for a reason, right? They know the loopholes that you and I don't know. Right, right. They know to open up an LLC and put income over there because it's taxed differently than if they were going to take it. I mean, yeah. And I have practiced business law in the past, so I know some of what goes on in that. And yeah, it's way more common than people realize. Yeah. That like for him to be writing these off as loans, like, so, like people in that world to be like, oh, that's actually kind of smart because it is taxed differently. And, you know, you have all of these different loopholes that I mean, that's how you have people like, um, you know, Elon Musk, who doesn't pay tax, like who pays very little in taxes. It's like they find loopholes in order to do it. You know, so part of it is like, don't hate the player, hate the game, the and, game. And, and, and go to practice and learn more about the game. And then you'll be able to climb that ladder as well. That's not saying that it's right, but that's the world that we live in. You know, I wake or up every day in the AOC and try to change it or something, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, So, okay. So that's a little bit about the Girardi case. I actually have one more question about that. Is it common for lawyers, being that you were kind of in a position that Tom Girardi was in practicing the same type of law, is it common for lawyers to make donations to the California State Bar on an annual basis? There's a line item that allows us to donate to the California State Bar on our dues payment. I'll have to look at it because it's coming up. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily donate money to the California Bar Association. Um, I don't know of anybody who donates to the California Bar Association regularly. I will say I try not to talk about judges, uh, California Bar Association and courts, just because I still am a practicing attorney in California. 
but I don't know that that's common. I have not heard that it is. Okay. Just cause that was like one of the other red flags that I saw with Tom Girardi. Um, and I mean, that situation is just, it's so messy. But again, I'm like, I want to see an account, a forensic accounting of the books only because I'm like, you have to cross every T and dot every I so that yeah. the law can stick because then you have other cases. You have instances like Bill Cosby who was able to walk because of, you know, technicalities or issues with the case where when you rush a case or things get kind of muddy and you are like, oh, this is a slam dunk and you overshoot the mark then people end up getting away with it. And that's what I don't want to happen because of the victims that, you know, of these former clients that deserve the justice that I hope they see soon, one day. Yeah, I have doubts on that too, but we'll see. Okay, well, I want to I want to talk about the Jay Edelson stuff, but first yeah. I want to get into the Lisa Rinna stuff because this was a big case last week. It was in the LA Times, so she's currently in a law involved in a lawsuit with Backward USA Inc., who's representing a paparazzi that took some photos of Lisa Rinna and her daughters. I believe they were walking out in Los Angeles. They were just walking down the street. They had their masks on. Um, really not seemingly not interested in being, yeah, Yeah. totally innocuous. Um, these photos I believe were then reposted or posted onto her Instagram account. I believe it was done in like in jest. It was like a lighthearted post that she made on her Instagram account. The paparazzi then went to proceed with suing her, I believe for over a million dollars in damages for posting the photos because she didn't have the proper permission to post the photos and the paparazzi is the copyright owner of those photos. Correct. What is your take, like just baseline general take on the case itself? So it's funny because what they're actually suing her for, they've alleged about $1.2 million. Right which is $150,000 per photo. Because the only eight way photos, they, right? There were eight there's photos. Eight, yeah. eight photos. Um, the only way they get to 1.2 million is if she willfully, she knew that these were copyrighted images and then intentionally posted them. I think that that part is going to be hard to prove, especially like what you're saying, they're innocuous. Yeah. These are just photos of her and her daughters. I understand that a couple of them, I didn't see the photos themselves, but they described, she describes them in the LA Times article as like they were masked. So they, it's not like these were going to be um, front page photos. This isn't Britney circa 2008. Right. This is Lisa Renna in the middle of a pandemic with her daughters with masks on. Right. Something that she would normally have posted, I, I assume, probably on her Instagram. Um, and it wasn't promoting anything, I don't think. So it's not like she truly made funds from this that they then lost out on. Right. And I believe their argument is that the reason they sue is because when a celebrity posts a photo on their Instagram, that photo is then less likely to be used by an Us Weekly or a People magazine who would typically pay for that photo. And then the photographer would earn money off of it. Right. So... This actually happens more often than people think too. Oh, all the time. It's a and I don't think. Yeah, I don't think people realize that. Like, it, um, I was a part of an organization, and somebody in our organization used a like not a, a photo that they found off of Google, but it was actually a copyright image, and they tried to sue us for nominal. I, I think like five thousand um, dollars. And I think Lisa Renna realizes because she said in the LA Times article that I was ready to pay something. Right. But $1.2 million, like I'll pay you for your work and probably something that would be 
similar to what they would have gotten for one of those photos if they were to sell, yeah, sell it to people. Because something like that would be like 150 maybe 500 per photo. Right. Right. And she's probably willing to pay a little bit more than that because now she has to get attorneys involved. So you always factor that into settling. But what it feels like Batgirl is doing to me is making an example. This person's already in hot water. She's already not in favor with the public generally from what I can see. Right. Now let's take the full, full Monty. And I I just don't see how they get to the 1.2 and proving that she willfully, I knew that all of these images were copyrighted and I posted them anyway to promote my brand and therefore I owe you 1.2 million. Well, it's interesting because you see so many other celebrities get dragged into this. Uh, it happened with Khloe Kardashian. She posted something, I believe, on Instagram or Twitter, and then the paparazzi sued her, and she had to settle out of court. Same thing with Kim Kardashian. I believe Kim ended up just hiring her own paparazzi to follow so that she could use those photos that she at least would then own the copyright to because she's paying the paparazzi to take those photos of her because obviously she was doing you know photo shoots for Yeezy or she was promoting Yeezy. She was promoting skin. She had things that she wanted to promote and she wanted to repost some of those images. So she just hired her own photographer. Chloe now buys those photos herself. I believe Gigi Hadid was also involved in a copyright suit. She won hers, though, because the photographer that was trying to sue her never actually filed for copyright, but was still trying to make that that claim against her. So it does seem like this is part of the way they're making money because it doesn't seem like paparazzi are making money the way that they used to back in 2008 where tabloid scandal was what it was. And when social media was not what it was, right? When celebrities didn't have the direct access to their fans that they do now. Now Lisa Renna can post any number of pictures that she wants to or Gigi Hadid or Khloe Kardashian directly to Instagram and they're cutting out the middleman of the photographer, right? right? So agreed. I feel like this statute specifically just hasn't evolved as quickly as society has. Which is what the intention I got in reading the interview Lisa Rinna gave to LA Times was that she's like, I want to take this to, to the Supreme Court to make an example out of you now because you guys are trying to sue me for such an outrageous amount. And now I want to have these laws changed because this is not, this is a hard cash grab. Like you're asking for one point, you're over a million dollars. Like that's ridiculous. Right. So right. the argument that I sort of brought up on my Instagram was... Well, who, like, yes, the photographer is technically the owner of the photo, but shouldn't the person, the subject of the photo, shouldn't they also have some sort of rights to that photo in some way, shape, or form, being that they are the subject of it, their likeness and their image is being profited off of, and they're not necessarily giving permission or consent to have their image sold and released. But they're in the public. And they're also a public figure. So the ability to make that argument declines drastically when you are that public figure. Um, but I agree they should. If you remember a couple, it's been a number of years back now when Ellen was at an awards show, I don't know, the Oscars maybe, and she and a bunch of people in the front rows oh, yeah. took a picture. Mm-hmm. And that question specifically became very prolific in society because it was like, who owns that picture? Ellen was actually the person I believe to snap the photo. So it was her picture. She's the one who took the photo. Um, And I remember that kind of generated this similar conversation of who owns the rights then who can re who can publish it. 
Um, but again, it's just one of those. I think that we need to, um, because cameras are now so, I mean, everybody has one in their hand, you know, it's not like it used to be. So I think the laws need to progress, but if the laws don't and the laws have not at the time that this happened, Lisa Rinna still owes something. Right, right, right. And I think she's expecting to pay that. I think she's just trying to make an example out of it, but it also goes into like a much murkier place of like, you see how many people on TikTok or on Instagram stories are taking photos or videos of other people around them. I've gotten more mindful of that because like, you know, that's another issue is because technically if you're out on pu- out in public and on the street, does that mean you're open to being photographed and having a video taken of you just as a private citizen? Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think, right. People need to be aware of that. I mean, that's where you get the term Karen from, right. Is people who have been on even private property and just started yeah. recording people. Um, I think it's brought a lot of awareness of issues that we have, but it's also something we probably should look at more just to protect people who protect individual citizens and their right to privacy, giving somebody a right to privacy, even if they're in a public space. Right. 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 I mean, and I think to some level that should even go to celebrities as well, because now you have like accounts like Demois where people are literally sending in all of these random photos of they're getting of celebrities just kind of walking out. And I know in some other countries it's been outlawed where you're not allowed to take photos of anybody without their permission or consent. And I think especially here in like America, you have like influencer culture now where, well, what is determined a celebrity? What is determined a public figure? You know, me who has a large platform, am I considered a public figure if I walk down the street and somebody wants to take a photo of me and use that however they will? And do I have rights to even sue that person for using my image and likeness without my permission? Would I still be considered a private citizen or would I then be moved into the realm of public figure? You know, all of those, those lines are blurred at this point. Well, and I would be lying if I didn't have the exact same thoughts. Yeah. When my TikTok started gaining traction, I went onto my Instagram, I went onto everything and I privated stuff with my daughter. Cause it's like, who, who knows wh- who's going to use what, when, where, how, right. right. Um, I tr- if I go on live with my husband, I'm like, quiet, you don't be so boisterous. You know what I mean? You, all of that stuff you have to take into, into consideration. I don't think that you and I, well, you probably way more so than I, but I don't think, I think that we're obviously not Courtney or Chloe Kardashian, right. but, um, but I think you and I still deserve some kind of right to privacy. But that's maybe that's a personal take. And I will say the age generally of the members of the Supreme Court, maybe they don't understand influencer culture as well as you and I do. So that may not change as quickly as we would want it to. Yeah. And it, it, it's just it's wild to see how, you know, it's and we're making the example of like a paparazzi and a celebrity, but it really does trickle down to a person with a camera phone and a regular citizen out in public. Because like, look at how many times we've turned people like similar to like Karen's who we've filmed at, you know, at at a Trader Joe's and their face and their image and their and I've even seen people go so far as to dig into who that person is and find out where they live and really expose them on the internet. And that really is a private citizen. And you know, at what point are they allowed to take legal action against that? Because now everybody films and takes photos of everything. I mean, if you, in real time, we're seeing that with Brian Laundrie's parents. Yeah. I mean, think what you want about them individually and what they've done or haven't done, but 
people are standing out front of their house because this individual story blew up to such a national level. They didn't, you know, promote themselves or anything, but now they are public figures, right? They are, they are plastered yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Their moves are being documented on Twitter and TikTok daily. So it's, it's very interesting. Society has changed drastically in a very short period of time. Yeah. And the laws have yet to catch up to that. So what is your take on, on Rinna versus Backrid? Do you think she, so you said you think she's going to end up having to pay something? Yeah. She'll end up settling. Well, if she wants to make an example of this, she won't settle it. So do you think she could win? It really comes down to that willful part, part. I don't, it, did she knowingly willfully take these copyrighted images and post them on her Instagram? I think that's going to be tough to prove. Um, so I don't think you get 150,000 per image. I don't, I don't think that part, but some nominal amount, if you can show that they actually lost profits from this, maybe, maybe, you know, up to 10,000, but I don't know what the going rate is for photos like that. Um, but if she wants to use this as a as some kind of precedent, then she doesn't settle. She takes it up to the Supreme Court and we say, see what they say. But in that case, because the statute provides that the lose, well, that she, if she ends up losing, she could end up paying all of their attorney's fees. Mm. So if she takes it all the way to the Supreme Court and loses and they've spent millions of dollars on attorney's fees, all of a sudden the 1.2 million that they're asking for isn't that much. So is it even worth taking it to the Supreme Court? I guess we'll see how high, how, how much she wants to stand on her morals, you know? The hard part too is like so many of the people in the Supreme Court, I mean, I even kind of look at this with like the Erica Girardi, Tom Girardi stuff too. Like you look at their lawyers and like, they're not even the most social media savvy. You know, you look at somebody like Ronald Richards who like barely knows how to use his his Twitter account and like, you know, it's it's Oh, I feel like Ronald Richards knows how to He use knows his how to use his Twitter account, but he doesn't know how he knows how to tweet, but he doesn't know how to do um, yeah. a lot of other things. But um so it's funny though to see but it was funny to watch him tweeting and then to watch her lawyers try to like prove a case in court that he's being biased against her and it's prejudice against her case and how they tried to prove that without fully understanding the world of social media. Yeah. It's that specific issue has been fascinating to me. I was to be quite frank, truly shocked at like the lashing that Erica Jane's lawyers got in that second opinion on like, I'm trying to remove Ronald Richards. Um, because I think they made a good point, but but I don't think they were. I think they made a good point, but I think you and I understand social media differently. Whereas yeah. I don't think the judge fully understood the scope and and the reach that Ronald Richards Richards has in his you know prejudice of the public. Because right now all he's trying to do is get the court of public opinion to to lay into her, and then he's using that to try and intimidate her to pay a twenty five million dollar settlement that he has yet to even prove she owes. Right. So. And it's crazy because I've talked to him recently and he's like, she owes the money. And I'm like, prove it. And he's like, I don't have to prove it. That's not my job. And I'm like, okay. Didn't he file a complaint against her though? Yes. He's an interesting one. I'm interested to know what he thinks his job is then. And I'm like, no shade to Ronald Richards, but um, he has in some ways inserted himself as almost like this uh, shadow figure to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. 
um, interesting to see how that plays out. No, it was funny. I saw a tweet from him the other day where the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, reunion trailer uh, was posted and he's like, we just received the preview for the reunion. Andy Cohen, great questions. We're so excited to see you host this. And I'm just like, you sound like a fangirl now. And first of all, you didn't just receive the reunion. Like the reunion trailer was released to everybody. Was it released to you? <laughs> was it released just to you? Somebody sent you a personal copy on a DVD. That was part of his subpoena. He'd like early release to all, uh, <laughs> all trailer reunions. All re- uh, trailers of the reunion. Yeah, no, he 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 makes me laugh. He's a funny character. Um, that's more than I take him as a lawyer. I take him as a funny pop culture caricature. Um, but okay, so that's the Lisa Rinna case. You think that yeah. she likely may take it to the Supreme Court? We'll have to see how it all plays out. She may end up settling. I mean, I would love to see her make an example of it just because I don't like the way, and I get it, people feel very differently about celebrities and they feel like, oh, well, they're fair game. They're, you know, they sign up for this. They know what they're doing. But at the same time, it's also just like, celebrity the term celebrity is becoming so much more broad i mean we have traditional celebrity but in terms of like regular talent like that whole world is becoming so much more and more broad that i think people do deserve rights and not to say that the paparazzi you know don't have rights themselves but like evolve with the times you know what i mean like us weekly is likely going to use an instagram photo that a celebrity posted and and to be fair like a celebrity should have that right because taking a photo of them just walking down the street when they're looking disheveled like that i never really liked that sort of culture of celebrity with with the paparazzi i will say this too though um i if you look at the free Britney movement and the changes that were able to be made from that legislatively, not in the court system, but legislatively because of the public opinion, it, we would be looking at a different situation if Lisa Rinna had more of a public following or if she was in better favor with the public, perhaps, mm-hmm. or if this was uh, done to a more sympathetic figure in my opinion, because then you could possibly get a change in legislation for, I don't think a lot of people are calling their Congress people right now. I'm going Lisa Rinna is being sued and we need justice for Rinna. No, they're like nail her burner. Make it easier. Make it easier. Yeah. Which is so crazy that we have that double standard where it depends on the person, whether or not we want to see them burned or not. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's yeah. on a reality show. Like her job, she's doing her job. She's entertaining right. the public and doing her job. Like I'm pretty sure that's not her true, full character and nature in real life. As she is re- really behaves around her family and her friends, but she has to amp it up for the cameras. Otherwise, we'd be complaining about what a boring season of Real Housewives. That's what I think. Every time I see Kyle Richards, go- people saying that she's a poster, yeah. I'm like. That's her job. Tune in for the show for, but maybe I guess I look at it more forest from the trees. Like I feel like we watch this to watch the pot be stirred. If if all we do is like watch people talk about each other behind each other's backs, and then like they're super friendly, and we're all at home watching. But it's also interesting how people don't like Kyle as a pot stir, but they're totally okay with Sutton stirring the pot. Like we pick and choose, or you know, we don't like when Lisa Rin is a little shady, but we like when Garcelle's a little shady. Like we pick and choose who we like to to give a pass to. Whereas I'm always like, I'm a fan of the show. I'm a fan of the cast as a collective, and and the flavor that everybody brings to the formula. 
It's a team. It's a team. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about Jay Edelson because he's recently filed a new motion to, so my understanding of it is he's trying to be released from the bankruptcy against Erica Girardi and he wa- or the bankruptcy within Girardi Keese because he wants to pursue litigation against Erica Girardi directly. Is that correct? Yeah, he wants an order from the court clarifying the exemption that he can go after Eric Girardi individually because she's not a party to the bankruptcy. So not necessarily to be removed, as far as I can tell from this filing, not necessarily to be removed from the bankruptcy, but to pursue Erica outside of the bankruptcy for the money that she has received. So is Jay Edelson, so he's representing the families on behalf of the victims of the the Boeing plane crash that Tom represented. So would he, isn't he part of the bankruptcy in the term in in the as in the he's one of the creditors that Girardi Keese owes settlement money to? Correct. And so is he is he trying to say I don't want to wait in line here for the bankruptcy money? Just give me permission to go after Erica for the money that my clients are entitled to directly. As as I read it, he's wanting. I I think he's wanting both. He's wanting to be able to stand in line in the bankruptcy. Got it. But also probably an offset would be uh, found um, in that bankruptcy if you were to find, if you were to actually get money from Erica in the other filing. But because Erica is not a party to either of these bankruptcies, she can be pursued as a third party for funds that she received, um, basically transfers of fraudulent funds to her. Right, which were the expenses that Tom was paying on on behalf of her and EJ Global. Yes. So then, because my interpretation and the way I presented it was it seems like he is trying to cut the line, so to speak, and and get money for his clients. He didn't like that phrasing. He says, I'm not really trying to cut the line. But in to an extent, he is, Right. Yeah, I mean, so here the thing is, is he's in a line with everybody else right. to get money. Um, and that line is part of the Ron Richards. Right. Right. So Ron Richards is it's this is such a like telephone game, but Ron Richard Ron Richards is litigation counsel for the trustee of the personal bankruptcy of Tom Girardi. He has only or Girardi keys. Not the I'm sorry, for Girardi Keys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, his only role is to pursue funds from Erica. Correct. Okay. So it's, you've got the bankruptcy of Girardi Keys, an attorney, a trustee is representing that bankruptcy. That trustee hired Ronald Richard. Ronald Richards is now suing Erica. So what Edelstein is, or Edelson, Edelson. Edelson is trying to do is kind of back end into the Erica Girardi funds. Right. So he's saying, listen, I'll wait in line for whatever you guys get, but I also want to go directly to whoever owes them money. So yeah, in that manner, he is bypassing it, but still holding his place in case there's other money that comes in because we know that there's other people that likely owe Girardi and Keith money. Right. 
which I can't say I dislike only because he's representing the Boeing plane crash victims and the way we look at how the bankruptcy is pursuing their money. So if they get any money from Erica, Ron Richards is one of the first people to receive his 40%. And then the money goes into the bankruptcy and then it gets divided against the people who have a secured, um, a secured loan or a secured credit to- or interest. interest yeah. yeah. Against Girardi Keys, which as we know, it's looking like the bank banks and the lenders are the ones that are first in line there because a lot of the p- former clients weren't able to get their lo- or their uh, settlements secured by a judge. Right. So it's Ron right. Richards and then it's the banks and lenders and then it would be any former clients. I think the ones that are- And the trustee the front- gets paid. And the trustee gets her percentage and then it would then go- towards, you know, whoever is left over. I think the only client that actually has, um, that went to the judge and got their settlement money secured was the Rui Gomez family, who's the the family we saw in the Hulu documentary. So it doesn't, so I actually don't hate that Jay Edelson is doing this. I don't know if I necessarily love him pursuing Erica directly because it seems like a lot of the people, and you, I think Dana Wilkie mentioned this when she did that, that um, impromptu Instagram live with me last week, she even mentioned that like Erica doesn't have anything. So I don't understand why if everyone's acknowledging that she doesn't have any of the money that Tom once gave her because there's not 25 million sitting in her bank account. These were 25 million in expenses over the course of the last 12 years. So that money is gone and that money is spent. She no longer has any money coming from Girardi Keys. So my confusion is why is everybody then now all trying to jump in line to sue her directly? I get it. We don't like her. But wh- what is the benefit in pursuing her personally? A couple theories. One, if people truly think that this is a sham divorce, I've heard which Ed- Yeah, Ed- which Edelson, I think, is the was the first person to claim that last year. That. And there are theories that there is money offshore or that there are accounts that have, you know, and I, th- these aren't even allegations, just like rumors that I've heard yeah. randomly. Um, then it might be a good idea to get a judgment against Erica in case any of that money ever does show up somewhere. Right. Okay. Um, also, while she, you could get future earnings, if you get a, a judgment against her, and she ends up owning a home. You can lean the home. You know, there are there are ways to get future earnings or other, um, if she sells that million dollar painting that no one knows where it is, you know, yeah. and ends up putting that uh, down or they're otherwise able to acquire the funds from that. It's better to have a judgment against her so you can pursue that. Got it. And she is still working. She has her housewife salary. She ha- She's likely going to end up writing another book. There are likely oh. going to be royalties from that. Like, I think... Yeah, I mean, I can see that, that there is going to be, if there's no money there currently, there is going to be money because she has no other choice at this point. Like, what is she going to do? Go work, work at Walmart and, and live a lower uh, a low life? No, she's going to continue to live a, la- or not a lavish life, but at least a public life because that's her best bet in terms of having any sort of, you know, life moving forward or income moving forward. Correct, correct. So was there in that motion or in that filing was Edelson looking to also pursue anybody else outside of Erica Girardi? Not that I could see. It's just Erica. Okay. Which is what just I, Erica. which is what I thought. Cause I'm also 
like, well, why aren't we pursuing any of the lawyers that also heavily were involved in Girardi Keese and also heavily benefited from this as well? Yeah, I don't know how the structure was within Girardi and Keese. I don't know. It's my understanding he had some family members working there. Some of them may have been disbarred if they're not in proceedings to be disbarred, um, meaning their law license is revoked. I don't know what they would have gotten out of this. Um, And from what I can see, Girardi and Keese, maybe intentionally, didn't keep very good books, right? We saw the um, somebody got a hold of the finances involved in the bankruptcy recently, and they were like, "Yeah, it's just a stack of papers. Yeah, there's stuff everywhere." So, other than if they had like a QuickBooks or something that somebody could go in and be like, "Oh, yeah, you've got X, Y, and Z." I don't, I don't know. It might not be worth it yeah. if you've got a twenty-five million dollar chunk, and that in Erica versus you know. $2 million scrambled a bunch, like 20 different people, it's way more efficient to just go after the one. Right. That makes sense. Especially with her earning potential. That makes sense. That may, I mean, yeah. I mean, of all of the players on the table, she makes the most sense in terms of having money to pursue, having milk to take from the cow. I don't think Tom Girardi's uh, heirs are going to have much in the way of money in the future either. So they're probably not going to pursue that. be on the other end of a lawsuit anytime soon, at least in this manner. It is interesting though. Like let's play into the theory that maybe there are offshore accounts that Erica may have access to, or even that Tom may have access to. How would we be able to even find the accounts, find the money? Like, I feel like offshore accounts are so like, how do you even pursue Isn't something that the, like that? The Pandora papers just came out and talked all about that. Um, I think that's where you have to hire Sutton's financial team <laughs> to figure it all out and see if there's any minor league baseball teams that maybe Erica owns. I mean, that you're talking about such a high level of wealth where people know strategically how to transfer money. Um, I think in some respects, you watch movies where this kind of thing happens and it feels unrealistic. But I think in a lot of respects, it's actually very realistic. Um, So you need to hire really, really smart people to do that. The only reason I'm hesitant about the off, I'm sure there maybe are a couple of offshore accounts, but the only reason I'm hesitant towards believing that theory is because they were such big spenders. They spent a lot of money, Erica and Tom. And when you talk to people that worked for them or that were close to them, they would even say, oh, Tom Girardi spared no expense. He would take the whole team out to eat and he would have these lavish parties. He would, you know, fly Erica and you look at how much money he spent on that vanity project of her music career. Like that is just money circling the drain for no real reason. And then you look at how many high interest loans Tom was taking out and how much money he was having to owe people that I don't believe, like I believe the funds were running out and not that they're being hidden. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, I think the offshore theory is a nice theory. You know, it, it's fun to think of like, ooh, these elites that have all these offshore accounts and they're crooked, evil people. But I think, I don't think he was that smart with his money. I don't think- In this was, situation, In yeah, this situation specifically. I'm sure in other situations, it's different. You know, Shakira is going to shake her hips elsewhere. But in this, in this specific instance, I think Tom was not a very smart financial person and he clearly didn't have any- 
like serious bookkeeping or accounting team that was running all of this. And I think you're right. A lot of the paperwork was to bury whatever it was that he was doing. And you look at, he had his ex-wife who ended up testifying um, in court against him in their divorce settlement that she's like, he, you know, abuses the discovery process and floods people with all this random paperwork. Like these are tactics that he uses to kind of just hide and conceal what he's actually doing. Interesting. I didn't see that, but yeah, that's, that makes complete sense. He's a personal injury lawyer. He's not a business attorney. Right. And those are very different things. Um, he doesn't, it's why when he's doing all of these LLCs and stuff for Erica and starting all of these companies and running them, I, I highly doubt that all of that was done completely, you know, above board, I's dotted T's crossed because that's not what he knew to do. Right. Right. That's I mean, expertise. And EJ Global wasn't the only company he was shuffling money through. He had met, he had several other companies that he, you know, he had an aviation company. He had a financial company. He didn't even know how to do finances yet. He had his right. own, you know, Girardi financial. Investment yeah. Company. Which I've heard that theory as well, that there were investment companies because him and a lot of his big high profile friends were loaning money to each other and they were kind of shuffling some of their money back. And that's why he was taking out so many of these high interest loans um, that hmm. they're that some of the other lawyers, not at Girardi Keys, but some of those other high profile attorneys were all kind of just shuffling their money back and forth, loaning it to each other. And that, I mean, that's a possible theory as to why he was taking out so many high interest loans was, you know, it was just to help move the money around and pay it back and forth. I, that could make sense if you just need to take out a loan instead of paying 6% to a bank. If you're, you have an interest in the company, you could just pay the 6% to the company, right. charge it to the client theoretically. Yeah. And now you, you're double banking. I think that is horrendous to do as a personal injury attorney. I would never charge that to my client. And I think that's a huge conflict of interest, but um, yeah, I guess theoretically it would be a smart business move. It's not ethical. Right. (laughs) Very unethical, but still smart. It's it's weird because you're like, I mean, yeah, that's technically smart, but that's very. Yeah. Something can be good business wise and completely horrendous on the uh, ethics. Yeah. I don't think. But, then that, but then that also goes into all of the clients that he was saying, hey, let me help invest your money. And then you look at and then, you know, and I look at how he was writing off, you know, these expenses for EJ Global as loans. Like to me, that made me think, well, are these part of the investments that he was getting these clients to sign over being like, hey, I have a business opportunity that you can invest in. And they were essentially investing in the Erica Jane music career. And he was using that money and got them to sign off on that, saying that there would be an ROI at some point. And we know that 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 music career never had a real ROI. If not directly, indirectly, absolutely. That's that's what my gut is telling me for sure. For sure. Which is sad because if they knew what they were investing in, they probably wouldn't have chosen that specific investment. It would be different if he was a business attorney and he was just doing this to, to you know, business owners, maybe high profile business owners. I wouldn't feel as bad. The, the type of clientele right. that he was representing is what makes it so much worse. Right. And that's the housewife and the hustler touched on this. Um, 
that, you know, these types of attorneys, personal injury attorneys in general are helping the little guy. Yeah. I, I see a lot of them riding high on lots of money because they end up helping the little guy get a lot of money and they in turn have pretty sizable income. But that's what makes it so egregious is that you're, you market yourself as helping, you know, Joe Smith down the street who, you know, got really hurt and can't work for the rest of his life. And now your wife's, you know, receiving a million dollar painting on national television, wearing Louboutins at her private studio in LA. And that's what makes me so skeptical about people like Ronald Richards and Jay Edelson. I want to believe that they're fighting for the victims, but I'm like, Tom Girardi told us he was fighting for the victims and he was bamboozling all of us, you know? So it really, you know, breaks my heart to, to question them. But at the same time, it's like, how do you not question them knowing how shady people are? Yeah. Trust no one. Um, (laughs) But really in, in my experience, the more people talk about how trustworthy they are. Yeah. The, you know, thou doth protest too much, you know? (laughs) Yeah, the more you tweet and the more you call me and ask me to have you on my show so that you can prove that you're actually fighting for the victims, that's where I'm a little more skeptical. And I will say, like, he deserves his fee. He deserves yes. his fee. Yes. He's he's pursuing Erica. He deserves his fee. Um, I think the fee is a little bit high, but maybe this that's standard in a bankruptcy proceeding because the risk is higher. Yeah. So the fee should be higher. Um, but yeah, I my the thing that I have a hard time with is, and I think he may have stopped, but he was tagging Erica, I think. Oh, he still does. Oh, does he? He tags all the cast. Which? Sutton and Lisa Rinna and Garcelle and... But if you're suing her, that I feel like that may be unethical since you're not tagging her attorney. It's not a good... I think that was part of the argument that her legal team tried to make is he's tagging her in tweets and, you know, tweeting... Improper... Yeah. And... Ex-party communications. Taking... I mean, and then he just recently got himself involved in the... um, She talked about a government case that she was involved in on... Yes. Yeah. And he... And when I spoke with him on the phone, I was like, now this is like looking like you're really bias and prejudice against her now that you're involving yourself in cases that have nothing to do with the bankruptcy that you are, you know, hired to work on. Now you're just pursuing other lawsuits and and boasting about getting her or possibly getting her removed from that case as a witness. That to me is is going way beyond the scope of what your priority should be if you're still involved in the bankruptcy. Yeah. And I think he and I have different um styles and techniques and practice just generally. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's hard to, because you want in that situation, I would want to be taken very seriously by the court as right. somebody who's really seeking to protect the victims and get money for them. And so like, um, discussions like, you know, I'll represent you, Lisa Vanderpump and Camille Grammer and anybody else wrongfully edited by Bravo. It's hard. Cause it's like, a if, if you're doing that in your spare time and this is a contingency fee case, which means I'm not paying you hourly, I'm paying you by what you get. It's if we don't get anything, is it because we spent too much time uh, reviewing Bravo's uh, 
editing floor footage. You know what I mean? Which he doesn't have access to. That was another media circus trick. He never subpoenaed that. Jay Edelson. Oh, he didn't subpoena it. No, he he sent a letter to Bravo and Evolution Media saying, hey, in the event that I need that. Yeah. In the event that I need this footage, preserve it. Jay Edelson, as of, I believe, last week or possibly the week before, actually subpoenaed evolution uh, for the unaired Real Houses of Beverly Hills footage. So Jay Edelson took the step to actually get the footage. Ron Richards, I don't think, has any need for the footage, to be honest, because he's been very clear that anything she says on the show can't necessarily be used against her unless it's something that she says under oath in the court of law. Okay, I have not seen him say that, but yeah, I he said I, it. He said it to me directly, and I've also heard him say it. He said it on Juicy Scoop, and I believe he's also said it on one of the million Up and Adam exclusives that he's done. <laughs> which it, I love it. Adam, and I have to clarify, I love Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the number of exclusives, this man—it's weekly. It's weekly. Uh, it's bi-weekly. <laughs> Trust me. He, and, and people are like, "Oh, well, you're jealous of Adam because Ron's giving him the exclusive." I I want to be clear. Ron has offered me many exclusives. I have turned them all down. There is no jealousy. Let Adam get his paycheck. Yeah. And and everybody involved is, I mean, if everybody's just trying to get the victims paid and you're bringing awareness to it and Adam is and Ronald Richards is fighting the good fight, I mean, peace be with them all. And I, I wish everybody luck. Yes. It's going to be a hard, it's, that is an uphill battle. Yeah. And it's not going to be over anytime soon. So I have a question for you then, because I am hearing rumblings that they're going to start filming here I believe they start filming this week. Oh, really? Um, Kathy Hilton said something about after the reunion and she hasn't been asked back yet. But do you think Erica Jane will sign back on? Oh, they all got their offer letters last week. Did they? They all just got their offer letters. So they've all been asked back. And there are a couple of new names that are being considered right now. I don't think they're being considered for a full-time spot, but I'm pretty sure they're just... But they they do this every season. Like they they interview people and they film people and they follow people to see if and when they may be brought into the series. Like Crystal Minkoff, before she even signed on to do the show, had been pursued for a good minute before they even brought her on to this season's cast. So they often, you know, interview other women and try to see if and when it may be an organic fit. Sometimes they're friends of. Very rarely do they get a full uh, upgrade. Understood. I, I see the. Uh, it's hard not to see the parallel between the uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake right. and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And so you see, I, I had heard rumblings that season two was filmed. She gets arrested, and they're scheduling season three to be filmed while she is on trial. Yeah. And so I had to assume that Bravo, if they're smart enough to, oh, do, yeah. to do that in one, they're going to do that in the next. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Do you think Erica will sign on? Oh yeah. I mean, she needs. The money. She needs the money and she needs the control of the narrative. So I think she's absolutely going to stay on. And I think Bravo's in a better position to keep Erica than they would be to keep Jen Shaw. Like if they're going to cut anybody for like the moral, ethical, whatever, they Jen Shaw has been criminally charged and arrested by the feds. Which is so interesting because the court of public opinion that I can see is so the opposite. Yeah. Everybody is like the people that don't like Erica, either they're way louder 
or yeah. oh, they're way maybe louder. Beverly Hills is just a, a bigger franchise, but they're way la- louder. And I'll tell you why they're way, way louder, because then they would be in the position that I'm in. And I'm not defending Eric. Or I don't try to. I know sometimes it may sound like I'm defending her. I'm defending the facts as I see them in front of me. I'm defending, right. you know, what neutrality. I'm You're exactly. defending neutrality. Exactly. That's what I'm defending. Um, and until like, listen, when the feds come and arrest Erica Girardi and they have all the receipts against her, then I'll I'll be the first one to say, yes, lock her up. However, none of that has actually happened. So I'm in defense of the truth as it's being presented or, you know, real time. Yeah, like you said, neutrality. But with Erica Girardi, they're keeping her because Andy Cohen's been very clear about like she hasn't been charged with anything. So her side of the story is all we have to really believe. And so we're going to continue following this story because we have no reason not to because this person isn't a criminal. I mean, and, you know, and Teresa Judice was able to keep her job. Obviously, it was a very different set of circumstances with the Judices. Jen Shaw, though, I think if they're going to fire anybody based off of that principle, it should be Jen Shaw because she has been arrested by the feds. She has people that are working, you know, to testify against her. There's a years long investigation that's gone into her. So that's a little bit of a different circumstance, but you don't see the outrage and the outcry for Jen right. Shaw. That's what's crazy. And, and I think from talking to people privately, a lot of them are, they understand my position and have that same position, but they don't say it publicly because then they would get the the backlash that I get and the drags that I get in the comments because it's like, oh, you're defending Erica. Oh, are you on her payroll? And it's like, yes, at this point, I'm on Erica Erica's payroll. She pays me $500,000 every month. I have a crush on Ronald Richards. I'm jealous of Adam. Like, all, like it's all true. Everything. You have me. <laughs> I have, I have nothing but you have me and Rosé. And Rosé. Um, and I will say, people need to remember too, if Eric, the complaint that's been filed against Erica by Ron Richards is a civil complaint. In criminal, we always know, right? Reasonable, beyond a shadow, of re, beyond a reasonable doubt. is right. the, So it's, it's a much heavier scale. In civil, it's a preponderance of the evidence. So you, all he has to do is tip the scale ever so slightly in his favor. Yeah. It's like 51% to 49% that people would believe him over her, her attorneys. So, or that the judge or jury would. So it's, I mean, even if she gets found civilly liable in the complaint he's filed, um, the, the burden is so much lower. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's, that's the legal system, man. But I guess it, the legal system really doesn't matter to the court of public opinion. It's completely different. No, otherwise people would be, standing out there with signs that say free Rena. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> Thank you so much, Heather, for chatting with me today. What is your social handle so that people can give you a follow? Heather, the lawyer, don't expect much. I'm mostly on TikTok and answer questions about legal stuff. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. I love it. Well, thank you, Heather. You're a great lawyer. And Thanks. I love your TikToks. Everyone should go and give you a follow on TikTok. But you're on you're on Twitter too, right? And are you on Yeah, I'm on Twitter a little bit and uh and Instagram. But mo- I do personal stuff mostly on Instagram. You should upload your TikToks as reels on Instagram. Here's why I haven't. Because the TikTok world, other than the people who have found me from contacts in their phone, yeah. is largely people I do not know. Yeah. 
And so Instagram people is know me on Instagram, so I've been kind of hesitant. I've got my husband kept running into people in uh, in real life uh, taking my daughter to swim practice, and they were like, "Oh my god, your wife's on TikTok!" I'm like, "No, oh, no, I, love it. I mean, <laughs> different. It's different." Yeah, yeah. I love it. Everyone needs to go and follow Heather, the lawyer. She's really good hot takes beyond just the Girardis. Um, there's also Britney stuff and other hot pop culture tea that she spilled or hot pop, pop culture legal tea that she spills. You guys can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I believe that's my TikTok name as well. And you can follow the show at No Filter with Zach. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button and leave us a comment. Let me know. Did you hate me this week or do you love me this week? And please show Heather some love in the comments as well. And be sure to yeah. No hate for me. No hate for Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Get some of my Housewives-inspired rosé, 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar at nofilterwine.com. And yeah, slide into my DMs, boys, because I am single and ready to mingle for cuffing season. Let's get it. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Talk to you this Thursday, Instagram Live at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. And yeah, let's have a good weekend and let's get Liddy City. We're going to be watching Halloween Kills this weekend starring Kyle Richards. Are you ready? I am. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Bye.